Hi there and welcome along to On The Whistle. It's great to be firing up the bride today. I'm your host, Zain Navi. And in this show, well, let me tell you, we're joined by a very special guest. A man who looks after some of football's biggest stars in both the United States and the Middle East. A man who is responsible for organizing luxury holidays. Yes, that is a job for the likes of Adnan Yanezai, Weston McKinney, and Tyrone Minks. Welcome to the show, Johannes Zodu, also known as Johnny Vegas. How are you doing, my brother? I'm doing well, Zane. Thank you so much for having me. Uh, it's an honor to be here and speaking with you. And uh, definitely um, here in Manchester, looking at this beautiful sky right now. <laughs> <laughs> Manchester and beautiful sky. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I'm an American with a humor, right? So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, listen, Johnny, we're going to talk about your backstory and we're going to talk a little bit about what you do currently. But I have to start off with your Instagram feed. I mean, it is the stuff of dreams. Could you describe in 60 seconds what you do? You know what? Like, what, what I do and what my company, Cloudout, does is that we engineer and structure uh, pretty much the lifestyle of these wealthy, high-end celebrities and athletes, so on and so forth. So we pretty much take the stress away from them and we're like a one-stop shop. So we organize and everything for them so they don't have to stress because these people, for example, athletes, they, they work hard throughout the year, you know, and they have a short time of uh, vacation or, you know, time to spend with the, like, you know, with their friends or family. So they don't have the time to sit down and Google where to go, what to do, how to book this and that, because that takes time that consumes like, you know, um, uh, time pretty much, you know? So what we do is like, we take that stress away from them. We organize everything from them. All they have to do is show up on the shop in the place that they're like, you know, they're supposed to be. So we are just a one-stop shop that like, you know, take the stress away from all these people that are very busy in this world. You obviously mix with these high flyers. You organize everything for them. And we're going to get into some of those anecdotes yeah. in a minute. But, but I'm interested. I mean, for our audience out there, you've got quite humble beginnings. Uh, wh where did you grow up? How did life start for Johnny Vegas? Yeah, you know what? Like people don't understand and don't see because people only, it's perception, isn't it? People judge you from what they see on your social feeds or or what they hear or they see you with uh, stars or so on and so forth, you know, but they don't really see what what's the real story of this this individual you know and if you really get into and put a microscope on my life you know it's it's absolutely different and i grew up in you know i i was born in ethiopia and addis ababa the capital and um and a small neighborhood you know and uh, it's called kazanches and uh like i grew up in a house of uh, like you know it's like a closet pretty much and um, uh, spent like, you know, we, I have my sisters there. I have my, my grandmother, my mom, we all share. Like, I don't even know how, like looking back, like, you know, in retrospect, it's like, it amazes me how we survived this, you know? And um, grew up on a street bare feet, you know? Uh, and running around as a kid, just uh, my dad, I didn't know my dad until late uh, because my dad was living in Russia. He was a student there for a long time and, um, so unfortunately he wasn't around but my mom was but my mom was she's a hustler pretty much uh, on the street because she sell goods what comes from outside like you know these pilots or flight attendants they bring goods from out there and then she takes that and she sells for them door to door you know and you know that's the way we kind of sometimes you have food to eat sometimes you don't you know but like you know that's the reason why my mom's like my hero you know she 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 i i grew up like following her uh, like you know a scarf you know just holding on her scarf following her on the street you know and so coming coming to this age now and looking back uh, it, you know it just uh, you know it kind of gives you that 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 feeling of like you know you you don't want to give up you want to keep going you know and so uh, this is what inspires me this is what makes me keep pushing and like you know going i mean the industry that i work in is a very cutthroat industry and it's uh, like like every industry isn't it so and uh, but like you know my background and where i come from like you know that gives me that inspiration you know that gives me that hope and that gives me because i'm always thankful and grateful for the smallest thing that i get and i receive and because i never had it you know and i never had someone really never really give it to me i earned this you know so and that's the reason why i mean i have the opportunity to speak to you today it's because of that 
and it's an absolute privilege to have you here around our braai. Um, not sure if you've ever been to a braai before, uh, Johnny, but it's a South African feast. <laughs> steak. We I like that. <laughs> heaps of beef. We yeah. put chicken for the vegetarians and we just eat and we talk. And, you know, yeah. I'm, I'm listening to your story of such humble roots. And, you know, I, I grew up in South Africa. I grew up in a similar way with extended community with, um, you know, the concept of it's not, you know, it's a village that raises a child. Yeah, and exactly. I, I, I'm interested um, where you were growing up. You spoke about your grandmom. You spoke about your mom and, and some of your extended family. But, you know, what were some of the lessons about community and family you would have learned, even though you didn't have a lot? What were, what were some of the things that um, yeah. maybe shaped you growing up? Absolutely. I mean, isn't it like, this is why Africa is so beautiful. You know, mm -hmm. it's like, you know, when you grow up and like you said, you know, the, the village raises you, no matter if, if your family there mm. or not, because everybody acts as your family. You know, I can go to my neighbor and I can sit down and eat with them. I can go to uh, sleep in their beds. You know, they see you as you're one of them. They don't see you as you're just a neighbor. They see you as you're one of them. And that's so beautiful about the community that I come from, you know, and because of that, I grew up in, in, in an environment where I was able to have this, um, like, uh, you know, this discipline, you know, I love, you know, and understanding. And, um, and, and that's, that's why I kind of reflect that into my business today. You know, uh, I reflect that into my life today is, is, is that, is that humbleness that you show people. And uh, it doesn't have to be serious always, you know, is there's like at the end of the day, we're human, you know, so, and uh, we, 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 uh, you have to show love, you know, and that's what, that's what brought me, uh, you know, I brought that culture to, you know, the new culture that I, I uh, you know, uh, adopted to. So, and yeah, I mean, it's a, you know, grow up in a, grow up in Africa is, a, is one of the most uh, gift I can uh, ever, you know, uh, had. Now, we're African. We know that football is the biggest sport in the continent. We know that our players are some of our best ambassadors to the world because they can show the beauty of um, the beautiful game, uh, yes. whether it's George Weah, whether it's Didier Drogba, whether it's um, a host of players like one of my favorites, Samuel Eto'o, uh, yeah. who went in and conquered the world. And I guess my question to you, not in too much of a convoluted way, is how did you come to football? How did you gravitate towards the sport? Yes, um, great question. I mean, like, I was actually, you know, like you said, you know, in Africa, football is such a big deal, especially where I come from. And um, I remember, actually, as a child, we loved playing football. That's all we do on the street. And you grow up on the street, that's all you do is, like, kick around, you know? Unfortunately, we cannot afford an actual football, you know? So we had what, to... What did you play with? <laughs> exactly. So we had to, you know, um, uh, improvise, you know? So what we did was... Um, we we and 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 what i come from i don't know i can't speak for the whole africa but what i come from in ethiopia we get milk you know when we get milk we get, we don't get it in a bottle we get it in a plastic bag so what we do is like you know we find those plastic bags and then we put like socks and paper and everything you just put like dump everything in it mold it as like a soccer ball and then that's it you just throw it on the street and play as a soccer ball you know and so I grew up loving soccer since when I was a child, you know, and then when I came to America, I had the opportunity to play in middle school, play high school, and uh, as well as, you know, and almost in college as well, you know, so, and unfortunately, I had a, a several a knee, like a, you know, a medial lateral meniscus tear on my left knee. So I wasn't able to continue with, with that hope and that career and that dream that I had. So I went into the, like, you know, I went to college, uh, became an aviation technology, like, you know, pilot, and I didn't really love that. So I jumped into the casino business, you know, uh, that Vegas is all about casinos, isn't it? So I jumped in it, became a valet by working there, 
like you know i literally like you know see all these superstars i'm talking about like mayweather i'm talking about like michael jordan leonardo dicaprio i'm talking about like i mean you name it they're just passing by me you know they're just are like, you like the king of the humble brag or what <laughs> i'm just saying like imagine a kid from africa just you know experiencing this like this is unreal like you know you just stand there like my i have a smile ear to ear you know and like it's just it's just like for me i'm so grateful like wow i'm here like i'm actually experiencing this you know so and then you know like fortunately i mean you know god bless i i um i met some french guy who was just accidentally was on the phone speaking french and i just like hey bonjour you know and he said he said bonjour and they start speaking french to me i was like hey man bro listen i only know bonjour so <laughs> i can't really reply to the rest and then he's like, ah, oh, it's okay. And I told him, I said, you know who's my favorite player is? You know, he said, who? I was like, Frank River. He's like, oh my God, bro, that's my brother. Look at this. Like, he starts showing me on his phone, like, you know, exactly like, you know, that they are very, like, connected. That is ridiculous, by the way. Like, how, like, chance and life work. Exactly, exactly. So, you know, kind of continues from there. And then, you know, I honestly, like, I was just being, like, I was just being nice to the guy. And I told him, I said, not listen, um, uh, you know, it was good to meet you, whatever, here's your car, you know, and he's like, you know what, he's like, bro, when I come back to Las Vegas, I'll bring you a signed shirt and shorts from Frank Ribery, I was like, yeah, okay, you know, in Vegas, you know, you think people just talk, blah, blah, but like a year later, I moved from Cosmopolitan to the Aria Hotel, which is a new hotel, I opened it, and then um, right next door, and he, this guy came, with a small bag looking for me in Las Vegas, literally where this small black kid, where is he? You know, so like he's looking for me. And then finally, wow. yeah, finally he found me and that I was, see right there, that moment shaped uh, something in my life, you know, that, that, that one moment. And that showed me actually people, like there's people that keeps their words, you know, people that actually mean what they say. And that's when I, I became like that as well, because it gives me that type of character, you know? So, and I told him, I say, wow, this is unreal. You know, I still have the shirt. I still, I'm still friend with the guy. And, um, and he said, you know what? Like I told him, I say, since that day, I said, whatever that you need in Las Vegas, I got you. And uh, I think two weeks later or so, or like a couple of months later, he sent me his friend, which is another guy, you know, another French guy. So they stayed, I think, two, three nights. And then I went ahead and I paid the hotel for them. But he didn't know. I told them it's gone. Wow. So out of my pocket. How generous. <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, and then, and then the guy realized that like, oh, he doesn't have to pay for the hotel. He was shocked. And he's like, oh, no, it's taken care of. So he was just so happy. He's like, happy. And then he told the guy, he's like, are you crazy? You know, I like, how can you do this? You're amazing. You know what? He's like, give me, give me some time. I have a surprise for you. Now, another turning point in my life is coming right now. And this right here, he, he, I said, okay, sure, no problem. So uh, I remember like a couple of months later, um, I was sitting in the house uh, with my mom. So, you know, you know how Ethiopian, like how we drink uh, coffee, you know. I do. It's, it's, it's the glass yeah, cups. Little, like, yes, and then, yeah. And you do the cubes yeah. of sugar, right? <laughs> Yeah, that they call like the little scene, you know, they just yes. sit around, they just do this. So my mom had nobody, so she only had me. So I sit with her and I had to drink coffee with her. Hey, by force, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I just want to put that in there. Um, so and 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 imagine, and I'm, I have to watch Oprah at the same time, like you know. So my mom living like, the dream, Johnny. Living yeah, the dream. So, like you know. So me, I'm just sitting there on my phone watching Oprah talking to my mom. All of a sudden, I get this phone call, unknown number. I never pick up unknown number because normally it's advertisement and things like that. My mom is like, for some reason, my mom was so persistent. She's like, pick up the phone. You know, I like, you know, me and her just went back and forth for a few seconds. Like, no, yes, no, yes. So, and then finally, you know what? You have to listen to your mom, right? So I picked up the phone <laughs> and then I, I get a guy said, hey, bro, how are you? Uh, uh, my name is Nazri. I got your number uh, from so-and-so. I'm coming to Vegas with a friend. Can you look after me? I'm like, yeah, sure, man. No problem. I got you. Don't worry about it. But I didn't, it didn't hit me, you know? So, and I said, what do you need? What do you want? You know? And then, you know, he said, yeah, I just don't, I just want to send you this much money. I want to come, but I don't want to do anything else. Like I want everything to be sorted for me. 
imagine I don't know how to do that. I'm just a valet guy. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm doing this as a favor for this guy because sure. this guy was so nice to me, you know? So I'm just like uh, being, you know, just generous, you know? So, and then I say, yeah. And then, yeah, but he's like, hey man, do you know who I am? I said, yeah, you're Nazari. He's like, yeah, but do you know who I am? I was like, <laughs> yeah, you're Nazari. And then he said, yeah, um, uh, like Samir Nazari. I'm like, the Samir Nasri. And imagine I won't I won't like pale like a ghost, like I'm talking about Casper ghost. You know? <laughs> and and I remember like I remember my mom is looking at me and like my I remember my body was shaking, you know. My mom thought I was going into a stroke. I don't know. I'm young, you know, so and and I remember she was saying like you know how like they do it like she's like what's wrong with you you know she got scared and i had to close my mouth my mom's mouth like this <laughs> while I'm, I'm like yeah bro okay yeah no, i understand who you I are got you. i you got know, like, you I'm yeah i'm trying to be cool you know like uh, not overwhelm the situation so and um <laughs> and uh, so wow. next thing you know that's it that was it for me like uh, I was, as soon as I hung up the phone, I remember sprinting to my car, driving to the hotel. And this is the greatest thing about it. It's like the mm. hotel I work with is like, we have concierge, five-star concierge, you know, who helped me to organize this. Through that, I learned a lot of things. Wh wh which know. hotel were you at at this stage? At this stage, I was at, uh, at this stage, I was at the Cosmopolitan. I left Aria and mm -hmm. then I opened the Cosmopolitan Hotel. It's the new one, you know? It's so got the there, big shoe. <laughs> Uh, yes, the the high heels, you know. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've, I've been, I've been. Up, I opened that hotel. I was there uh, when it was just, you know. And so, and uh, but there, I was not a valet. I okay. was a, I was a friend desk agent, you know. Okay. So through a, as a friend desk agent, as I had a, a opportunity uh, access to the concierge mm, side. Mm, you know? mm. So and so the people, the management, everybody was very helpful. Um, I was able to put him into a penthouse, like help him around, see whatever he wants to do. You know, I was working with like great colleagues in the Cosmopolitan. I mean, they were just like you know, like I, I literally, uh, m when it comes to the concierge side of it, Cosmopolitan brought me here. You know, mm. because they trained me well with like you know five star tr like training companies like you know AAA, forbes and all these companies come always to train us you know so i took the idea and the ideology from that and how that's why i apply it to my brand right now so but yeah that's the story and that's how it started and that was my first client <laughs> it's pretty insane and like you know your story is so so interesting i hope yeah. you don't mind if i rewind just for one second yeah, no problem um, how did you get to the United States? Because obviously you grew up in Ethiopia and what was yeah. your path to going? Because a lot of people on the continent will be going, you're living the dream now, but how did you even get that opportunity? I, you know what, man? God loves me. That's, that's what it is. Um, so, Amen. Amen. <laughs> so the thing is like, um, you know, to be honest with you, like we have nothing, right? Like how can a poor kid from a street like come to like one of the most wealthiest country, you know? And, and that is because of, this is where my dad comes in, right? So I haven't seen my dad for a while, but when I was like, you know, when I was eight, nine years old, my dad just came to the state, the Ethiopia, Addis Ababa, And, you know, he's like, he went to college, university in, in, in Russia, like I think it's in uh, Moscow. And um, he was a, um, a chemical engineer, you know? So, and what he did was in Amer America gives Ethiopia, uh, like a lottery it's called dv you know so they give a green chance. card lottery <laughs> yeah so exactly so they give a chance so my dad filled it out and like we were lucky we won the lottery so uh, and uh, he could take a child with him so it was me and uh, so i came along with them and uh, i was young like i was really like nine ten years old at the time when i arrived in las vegas went to elementary school there i didn't understand a word of english i only know dog and hi that's <laughs> i knew that's it like, wow you know, imagine being in elementary school like you're just like like you know just you, but the only thing that was good good for me was like i was athletic you know wow. so and i was good at math so those are the two things that kind of like got me into the these popular crowds you know mm. so like 
And so, and then middle school came, you know, and I start understand. I watched a lot of Disney Channel, to be honest with you. Thank you, Disney. So, uh, <laughs> you know what? We're not here endorsing Disney Plus, but yeah. I'll help many kids around the world learn English when they're new or, or language when they move into a country. Honestly, I mean, the only the 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 reason why I speak English today is because Disney. I watched mm -hmm. a lot of Disney Channel when I was growing up and I listened to a lot of radio. We had a radio station in Las Vegas called 98.5 KLS. Mm. And they played this music of like, you know, certain music like Backstreet Boys and at the time, <laughs> things like that, you know? Oh man, Backstreet. remember, I know every word. I know every word because that's all I listened to, you know? So <laughs> until today, I think that's going to be my wedding song one day. So, but, <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, that, that, that's super interesting. Green Card Lottery won. You've taken yeah. your opportunity and, you know, we're part of the African diaspora, about you and I, Johnny. And yeah. um, I think it's important we share these stories, right? So people can look at different ways of moving. And also the story of the immigrant is not yeah. an easy story. Yeah. <laughs> there's language, there's culture. Yeah. Um, there's so many things that you have to overcome. Um, yeah. Outside of language, what do you think was one of the more challenging things you had to overcome when you moved to Vegas? Because that's oh, a completely different culture to Addis. You know, let's, yeah, just, exactly. let's just be straight I up. mean, imagine, imagine this. You grew up on a street without no guidance in a sense of like, you can do whatever you want. You can wake up, you like, you know, you do whatever you think you do, you know. Now you come to an, an area that's very, like, uh, composed, you know. What I mean by composed is that, like, you can't just be out on a street, you know? I mean, you can go out in a park, play with your friends, or you have like, you know, things like that, but there is no street that you can wander around. It's not Africa, you know, Africa is different. So when I was there, I really missed home, you know? I felt homesick because I had no friend. I didn't understand nobody. I only ran with my mom and my dad, and they're so busy trying to find a job. So they're not there. So like, you know, my auntie was our sponsor at the time. So she's not mm. there. So I'm home alone, you know? And so like, I, I had this really like bad feeling until I start playing like soccer, you know? And, mm. uh, and, and it's, it's, to be honest with you, that was my way out of like this mental, uh, like, you know, down yeah. at that moment, you know, as a child. So, and, and struggle for me was like you know even when I was playing soccer the kids were great like you know but they cannot pronounce my name that was the that was the, the craziest thing I remember I think one guy called me Pocahontas I think uh, <laughs> sorry I didn't mean yeah. to laugh Yo, no, I laugh I laugh about it like you know but the thing about it though like I didn't understand what Pocahontas was you know until like I like I watched Disney I was like oh you called me a girl man so like, you know, like I'm not going, giving you the ball like I'm like like, oh, yeah, there's a sliding tackle coming soon. So, and so that was, you know, that was, that was it. Like, to be honest with you, like, um, like there was struggle, but like, it's a good thing. Like it happened when I was a kid, you know, because you can overcome those things easily. As a kid, you can pass through a lot of things, you know, as adult, you dwell on things, but as a kid, you can, you know, pass through, you know? So, and I, and I learned fast. I was like, I was really learning fast, you mm. know, so, and um, I, I, high, uh, middle school was great for me. And then high school was fantastic, you know? And then, yeah, it was good, man. Like uh, uh, America gave me such an amazing opportunity, which I'm so blessed of and thankful and grateful of, you know, because <clears throat> I have friends back in Ethiopia right now who don't have this opportunity, mm. you know? And this is the reason why I think I am so striving so hard to be where I want to be so I can go back and give something that show people that like, you know what, we can, we can, we can give you this opportunity as yeah. well. You know? And uh, that's something that I really want to do in, in, in the future and inspire people. Maybe I'm not able to give them millions of dollars, but I can inspire them with my story. And that's 100%. the biggest thing to do, you know, 100%. and uh, anything is possible. Just believe, you know, and just uh, don't give up hope, you know, but, and but um, by yeah. telling your story, and you've got a very successful story and being proud of where you're from. Yeah. You're, you're giving such great promotion to the country, to the continent yeah. and to who you are. And 
I just, you know, want to say that. And this is what we do on this podcast, right? If you, if you, yeah. if you ever want to get in touch with us on social media, OTW underscore podcast on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, it's, o, it's on the whistle podcast, same on YouTube, is we're here to inspire. We're here to celebrate our heroes, whether they're on the field and off the field. Yeah. And you are one of those guys, Johnny, and that's why it's a privilege to be here. Um, I was going to say, I mean, your, your backstory is fascinating. I'm, I'm so glad we've taken the time to tell that. But a lot of our listeners are going to be out there going, okay, spill the beans. Who yeah. do you look after? Who have you organized these holidays for? Samir Nazri is great. Um, yeah. and, and maybe you can give some insight on this, actually. Sorry to, to make this a really long question. But yeah. I remember speaking to Brad Friedel, the former American goalkeeper, years ago, um, when he was at Aston Villa. And he was telling me a lot of Premier League players will travel even on game weekends to Vegas for 48 hours or 76 hours, they will fly on a Saturday after a game, get to Vegas late on a Saturday night, let their hair down, sort of rehab on the Sunday and then come back on the Monday. I mean, is this a common thing with, with, with Premier League and European football players coming over? Uh, no, to be honest with you, like, um, listen, these guys work really hard, you know. Um, I can't... Uh, in the Brad Frito's sentences. Sure, sure. These guys, these guys work really hard. And when they get the opportunity, definitely they go near area to kind of like disconnect, you know, and just kind of like mentally kind of relax, you know. And for, for us, like, you know, they use, this is where people like me or people like Cloud Out, like the brand comes in, you know, and we, we're able to make that happen for them quickly. So, you know, they don't have to worry about, yes, today, you have the, the self, like, you know, the, the phone is on the palm of your hand. You can just click and do this. But there's, you know, there's a complication behind it as well because you cannot just book something, expect it to be there, you know, unless you have somebody there that's actually making it happen. When you arrive, it's ready, ready for you, ready to go, you know. So uh, for these type of people, they need people like us, you know, to make sure that because they have a quick trip and they can afford it because they make money for this stuff, you know. So, um but yeah, I mean, you know, uh, just like kind of moving uh, from that side of it is like, you know, we looked after many people in the past and the like now as well as in the future. Like, you know, we had people like, uh, uh, what's his name, Oxley Chamberlain, who plays for uh, Liverpool right now. Um, we looked after like, you know, Curtis Jones. We look after uh, Nico Williams. These are Liverpool boys. We look after Arsenal guys, for example, Rob Holding. Uh, we had um, people like Mazut that we came to Vegas. We, uh, we looked after, we looked after, um, uh, uh, what's the name, Callum Chambers. And we looked after many, many stars, like Lacazette. Uh, we look after um, uh, the Barcelona defender as well. Um, you know, all these guys, like there's so many names I can name for you who we have looked after, you know? Wow. And, I mean, this is, this is like an all-star list. Yeah. Yeah. We, but we continue to look after, but you also have to understand like these stars, they don't always come back to us, you know, because of like, you know, they go certain places, a lot, a lot of places, different places. There are people like me who also look after them as well in those destinations, you know? And so you also have to respect that. Like when, when if you're in the same destination, but they've been there before and they have someone else, you have to respect that, that, that person look after them, you know? So, you know, that's why we, uh, I kind of, branched out, cloud out into different like areas. For example, we started in Las Vegas, we moved to Los Angeles, then Miami. That's our North American destinations, you know? And then we went to uh, Europe. So we went to Ibiza, Marbella, Mykonos, Santorini. That's our European destination. And then now we're in the Middle East and Dubai and um, uh, Abu Dhabi now heading to Qatar. So we're, we're putting like, you know, like a little ping on the map, you know, to show these people, you know what? You, we want us, We want you to stay in this community and to stay with us, and we'll take care of you whatever you go because we're there on the ground to look after you. You know, so you're not. It's like since we are a one-stop shop, but we don't expect them to come back to us every city and everywhere. You know, because that's unfair. Because then they know people that's also taking care of them. But we will. We put our flag there to show them we're there just in case if they need us. And then if new ones come and want to use us, then they can use us. So, but. It works, to be honest with you, it works. Because now we are like in Dubai, we've been there for two years and we're seeing like, uh, like you know, raising the number of like the guys that's coming to us, you know, new clients, new uh, new athletes, new celebrities coming through, understanding the, the concept of our business. Our concept of business is a lot different than 
a concierge people on the street that you see or a concierge company we're a lot different than that our concept goes deeper than that you know that's the reason why a lot of uh, a lot of athletes and uh, a lot of celebrities and people want like you know they get magnets like you know magnetized towards our direction you deal with football stars you also deal with other athletes and other sports and orlando norris is another that's been mentioned from the formula one world yes, um yes. I, I wanted to ask with the athletes you deal with do you find that they want the same consistent things or do you have to tailor things differently for everyone for, like for, for your clients everybody everyone is different character you know this is what the challenge comes in if it was everybody the same as an easy job you hit a button done it's finished with 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 this type of job everybody is a different character with a different attitude different culture different mentality you're not dealing with a guy from america only you're dealing with a guy with the uk you're dealing with a guy with spain italy germany like you know africa you know nigeria you're dealing with guys senegal you're dealing with guys with south africa you know you're dealing like guys from every culture arab country saudi this that you know so you really have to understand exactly the character of that individual in order to tailor it to them like you you got to behave in a way it's like you have to wear a different mask every time you know because you, and you have to respect like where they come from who they are and what they're all about you know some of them are muslims you know some of them are christian some of them are jewish some of them are this so you have to be able to understand like you know their culture what their ideology is what they're supposed to do some can drink some can't drink you know some can do this but some can't do that you know so you have to be able to understand all this it's, it's, it itself is a different world you know and you have to adapt every person and every person's character and then then you have to deliver and when you deliver, it has to be spectacular and it has to be perfect. So then after that, it's a word of mouth, right? So they tell their friends and their friends tell their family and so on and so forth and they come and that's how it is. So I'm a journalist. I work in the business of problem solving. That's what I tell everyone. Um, <laughs> what is the problem you're most proudest of solving uh, with one of your clients? Listen, I remember I had, oof, this was a tough one, isn't it? So like, I remember you were saying like, you know, when these guys get a chance, they just fly out. Yeah. So I remember there's four athletes, not four, three, three athletes. They flew out. I can't name names. I'm sorry, guys. That's okay. So, Don't have to. <laughs> so they, they flew out from, from destination A to, let's say, I'll say Miami. Yeah. So that was the actual destination, but I won't tell you where they flew from. So, and uh, they came and they, they, you know, they had a good time. They did, they had like, you know, a couple of uh, like, uh, they had like, two days off or something like that. And they came, they just kind of like, like, you know, let it out. And then um, I remember they had to catch a flight, you know, and that flight, if they don't make that flight, they're going to miss training. You know, oh, oh. so imagine the flight will land into their destination, I believe, at 10 p.m. And their training is at 1 p.m. So they have to land and then drive to their, their training straight from the flight to go to training, you know. Wow. And so how do you make this happen? Like, how do you how do you be able to get these guys from destination A to destination B without there's a conflict, without them getting in trouble, without like pretty much under the radar, right? Let's say. Mm -hmm. and, and 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 when we got to the airports, what happened? They're, they're, they 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 arrived late. Oh man! So they were not the 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 luggage uh, the luggage uh, what's it called the luggage drop off is closed, so they will not take their luggage. They told them you can fly, but you can't take your luggage with you. You know. So imagine I'm there. I'm sweating like a Dubai weather in the June time. You know? <laughs> 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 to like trying to get this happen for them and i think this is where the respect comes in right when they see your effort and when they're trying to put mm -hmm. something i remember like talking to the manager begging him please these are superstars you know let's do something i will myself drag this like you know luggage into the tarmac and i'll just put it in the, in the, you know, <laughs> the plane let's just let's make it happen you know so I, this this little guy just like you know talking to these guys and you know sometimes um an airline they can be really strict you know and so and so in the end they weren't able to do it so what i did was i told them guys don't worry i will ship it to you <laughs> you know so 
I remember, <laughs> I remember I was like, guys, just go. Because the most important thing is not the luggage. Yeah, Let's yeah, yeah. place and you can ship it. Can't get in trouble, you know? So I told them, get on the flight. I'll take Only they had like their just backpacks and they just left. So imagine I'm left with literally like, I don't know, seven, eight big baggages <laughs> with them most expensive shoes most expensive <laughs> clothes like I, I, you know the responsibility on me it was just unreal you know so i had to figure it out like how i'm gonna take this into like a, a post office wrap it up <laughs> and then ship it like and like i'm just like standing there like dumbfounded like didn't know what to do and and i was like okay so i have to come up with an idea i was alone remember i was alone mm-hmm. so i told him i said my guy you have to help me like honestly like i don't know how to ship these things to where i'm going he's like okay and i realized i'm like i realized when i was checking into the hotel they can actually they have connection with the post office and they can ship things and stuff like that i'm like all right so i got me like a big uber van and then i i loaded everything went to the hotel paid everything out of my pocket and wow. shipped like imagine yes i know and at the time i was broke so, <laughs> <laughs> so american express here we go yeah, i was i was broke so imagine like yes i used my credit card which later on got fees on it but anyways uh, <laughs> that's, a, uh, that's a different story <laughs> so i the only thing that mattered to me was just like making sure these guys were accommodated got to the place they need to get to and uh, you know like you said you know thinking outside of the box you know and and solving an issue that is uh you know that issue that that can be a bigger deal but just like you know kind of like dismissing that and dissipating those things and making it like you know what uh we can we can uh we can resolve this you know and i think that's one of the biggest uh like hectic thing and i was beginning at the time you know so i was young i like mm-hmm. my mind is not as uh developed as now you know so doing that thinking about it right now just uh, i think that was genius you you can't <laughs> buy experience that's what you know yeah um, exactly yeah, you've been so generous with your time, uh, Johnny. I've got a few more questions, and then we'll no problem. out of no this. Problem. But um, who was somebody you were like, I'll, I'll sort this guy out anytime, any place. I know you got some good clients, but who's maybe the 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 most low maintenance or the easiest to, to work with? I think I think I work with this guy a lot, and uh, I think he's he's uh, he's a easy guy. He's a chill guy. I mean, you can see, like, you can go on his Instagram, check him out. He's so calm and he's so chill, you know. Uh, I think it's DeAndre Yedlin. Uh, oh, the American I, international. Yeah, exactly. I think he just signed to, uh, he was in Istanbul. I think he just signed to now in Miami. So, and I mean, he, you know, I, I work with them a lot, you know, on the road, different places, different cultures, different countries. He's so educated. Like, he's so educated, so humble, a great guy, you know. And um, like, he's, he's an easy guy to take care of, you know, because not only you hang out with him as a, as a client and as a friend, but you also like, he educates you. He's, he, even, though he's, uh, even though he's younger than me, but he educated me, you know, and a lot mm. of, and he, he, you know, he showed me a lot of things that I think that it opened my eyes. You know, the guy is brilliant. You know, he reads a lot of books. He, he's uh, like, you know, he's, like if you really sit down and speak to him, he's a very like uh, he's he's up there. He's smart, you know. And so like he was, I think, someone that's mellow, chill, calm. Like you know, you can tell by his like just go look at his uh, social feed or like look at his story. You know, I mean, I wish he can write a book. Like this guy's very educated, very smart guy. And his actually his background, his like humble coming is amazing too. If you listen to it. No, that's amazing to hear. And, and I'm interested in the growth side of the business. You're in the Middle East at the moment. But, you know, when are you starting your office in Cape Town? Or are you thinking of maybe heading into yes. a part of Asia? You know, there's like beautiful locations in, in Thailand or China or Indonesia. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate of Africa. You know, I really, really, I want to start something massive in Africa. But, you know, the thing about it is not like, you really need to know the culture. I know my culture. Mm-hmm. I know my mm-hmm. 
but I don't know Africa as in, as in, as in, you know, as in a whole, you know, and um, I really want to start something, especially now, like my brand is growing and like, you know, we're expanding places to places, you know, it's, it becomes where now I want to bring tourism to, toward this direction. Like I'm talking about business tourism. I'm talking about like, you know, even bringing these athletes to show Africa. Africa is one of the most rich country, you know, that that's just like, low-key low is one of the most amazing continent isn't it so and you want to be able to bring these guys put them in a safari i mean that'd be so amazing like exactly I mean, and not only that but like come to like okay let's 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 put the pinnacle is south africa's come on it's south africa is like uh it's, it's come it's, on make it's, me feel good make me feel it's, good it's the, beacon, it's the beacon of africa isn't it like i mean come on i i remember watching an oprah show she was in uh, south africa you know like mm -hmm. that was my first time actually seeing South Africa, like, like it, how amazing it was. And like in the world cup as well, like how they, mm. how they it's phenomenal, you know? So, but the thing is like these people, like they don't get that opportunity to see those things. You know, you go to Zambia, you go to Mozambique, you go to like mm. Kenya, Ethiopia, go to Egypt, Morocco, you go to all these places. There's so much to show, you know, there's so much to see, but you need people like me. And that's what, like, that's what I want to do to someone in Africa, kids in Africa, to look at these type of things, you know, to seek to get into this type of business, to invite these type of people, work along with like company like mine, like, you know what, to show what you have, you mm -hmm. know, Africa is not always like, you know, this side, you know, it's also have a different side, you know, where you can like, you know, your imagination is, uh, is, 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 can change, you know, so. Absolutely. Definitely, yeah. yeah. We have a World Cup coming up in Qatar. You're yeah. based now in the Middle East in Dubai, and I think you said Abu Dhabi. Yeah. What Dubai. opportunities does this year present for you guys? I mean, absolutely. Listen, um, my job right now is um, to actually to be the uh, uh, ambassador of the, the the North America fans for Qatar for the World Cup 2022. You know, and why? Because a lot of Americans and North Americans. I'm talking about Canadians and. Americans and South Americans and Mexicans and all these people don't really travel uh, toward that direction, that, that region. Why? Maybe because it's far, maybe because there's a lot of scenarios, you know, but what we want to do is all like, we already know the region already. We already understand the culture. We already understand the, the pretty much the ideology behind it. You know, we want to be able to be there they're secondhand, you know, we want to help them. We want to show them, educate them. When they come there, they don't get in trouble. When they come there, they had a great time. They just enjoy themselves, you know? And so we want to be the ambassador. That's what we're working on right now with the Qatar um, tourism or like, you know, which we're gonna, uh, we were asking for uh, a meeting with them right now, you know, to do all this stuff. So where we want to work with the US, maybe soccer federation and, you know, engage with them and say, okay, you have someone that's from the state their city to help you to guide you whatever that you need you know uh, and entertainment wise and, and and tourism wise and whatever that you need you know so we want to be be able to be the bridge between the middle east and uh, 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 north america and south america as well as europe why not you know and africa of course you know so and uh, whoever comes and want to use our service we're always going to be there to help everyone out also, I think what people, and this was an eye-opener for me at the World Cup in 2010 in South Africa, because I covered that, North American fans travel to the World Cup. They travel yeah. in large numbers. They went to Russia, they went to Brazil, and even though America didn't qualify for the World Cup in, in 2018, I yeah. think they were amongst the top five um, fan groups that were going out because sometimes North Americans get behind other teams like, like Mexico, right? Yeah. Because there's a big um, uh, Mexican population in the U S so um, yeah. North American fans do travel this idea that they're not into football or soccer, as you might call it, Johnny. Um, yeah. True. <laughs> <laughs> soccer. Yeah, definitely. I mean, listen, especially like the last world cup they, we were not qualified. Right. So America was not qualified. I don't think Canada was qualified. Either. No, Canada wasn't. Exactly. So, and so imagine these two big regions were not in it, but this time they are, they will be in it, you know? So, and imagine the, that, that fever, that football fever, that soccer fever is going to be hitting the home, you know, especially when you come to such a beautiful place like Qatar, UAE, you know, uh, like 
those regions. It's going to be something that they never seen before, you know. So it's going to be and the weather at the time of the World Cup is going to be wonderful. Awesome. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. So and so good, good time uh, to get a winter break. <laughs> exactly. Let's just get away from the office for a little bit, right? So, <laughs> <laughs> so you have a reason. <laughs> well, well, listen. You've been so generous with your time. I just have two more questions. Yeah. I see on Instagram um, and in some of the videos that have been done for you, you're good friends with with Bakri Sanya, the uh, former oh, French man. international. And I just actually just speaking to him before this interview. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How is the dynamic between the two of you, and how have you guys partnered up? Um, what man, business. You know, Bakri. I met Bakri 2010 at the Arsenal Stadium. I was in a box seat, you know, I was there and look at was, you. Yeah, he was, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> so I was, he was sitting there with his wife, but I had an opportunity to see him. I was like, oh my God, that's Bakri Sanya. So I went ahead and asked him for a picture. I actually have the picture. And then I was, I was showing it to him recently, actually. So, and, um, and we met then, but we didn't really like, you know, we met then and, you know, our, our friendship kind of like slowly kind of grew from there. And uh, I remember I was uh, I was living in Benevento in uh, Italy, like mm. it's like near Napoli, you know. One of the players uh, uh, was uh, playing there, and I was with him. And then Bakri came uh, in the I think in the last uh, six months or something like that. He came to stay there or three months. I don't recall exactly the timing, but and he was playing there, so we connected there from there. Then slowly, and then we came to uh, uh, Dubai together. Now he moved to Dubai. He lives in Dubai. Man, this guy is incredible. I don't know if you ever had a chance to sit and talk to him. Like humble, mm -hmm. uh, understanding, open-minded, like character that you can't imagine. You know, like I work with him, and, and like we talk deeply from politics to sports to family to um i mean you name it like i never met such an individual that um so uh i don't know charismatic you know and uh, you want to be around these type of people because you learn a lot from them you know if, even mm -hmm. though you know, uh, we're, we're pretty much the same age as well so like i think we have that synergy so yeah it's incredible man incredible person you guys play football do you play in the same team and you're doing five aside are you against each I other did. i don't know did you see that I saw it. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. I mean, I do apologize. I look like a potato compared to him. But <laughs> well, you were talking pretty big before, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. I mean, you know what? Time has changed, right? So um, I, I, I'm not growing like, you know, upward. I'm going sideways. So it's a, it's a different thing for me. <laughs> and and I'd imagine it, the relationship with you is so good, but He's coming yeah. and he helps maybe tailor yeah. some of the, the um, I mean, training Dubai, programs that the, the, the players are on when they're on holidays. That, or have I got Yeah, them? I mean, listen, uh, we have some stuff we want to do together and he has some incredible thing coming up. I can't say to you, it's ra rather he comes All from good. him. All but good. he's working on some amazing project that actually helps young players, young individuals, and, uh, you know, uh, even, even in, like, you know, any individual who's into athletic, you know, and um, I think it's going to be phenomenal for him. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, you know, Bakari, he helps me so much in Dubai, not only in networking and in different directions, but it's also like as a, you know, as a mentor in a sense, you know, like, like teaching me and showing me and certain things that I'm not aware of, you know, especially when it comes to when you're in this type of industry, you work with other players and individuals. Sometimes, you know, you, you get naive, you know, you don't see things, you make mistakes. I mean, as a young person, when I started, I made a lot of mistakes, you know, by being with these guys, but now you learn, you know, you, you correct those mistakes, then you grow from it, you know? And so, and people like him kind of shape you and kind of mold you, to see the right things and, 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 you know, take you to the right direction. So, yeah. My, my final question to you, and this has been fascinating hearing about your story is to bring it back where it all began in Ethiopia. What is your message to any kid or person listening out there who um, wants a word yeah. of encouragement of advice, almost like you were talking to your 10 year old self. What would you, what would you tell that person? Um, no. Yeah. Uh, it's a great question. You know, honestly, I will, I know, uh, uh, you know, they say, uh, you know, words are words, you know, 
but I speak from experience. It's just not word. And um, that sometimes you, you might not get the opportunity that I got, you know, but you always have an opportunity around you to make a difference around you, you know? Just focus on what you do and what you love to do, you know? Don't focus on, don't chase something, you know? Whether it's, it's money or whether it's wealth, whether it's this and that, this, don't. Just find exactly what you are good at, you know? And, and then focus on that and everything else will follow you. Trust me, it's a guarantee, it's a proven method. So, that, and, and, and that's how it works for me. I honestly, I know what I like and I know what I do. And I focus on that and everything comes around it. You know, I don't focus on the money side of it. I don't focus on the fame side of it. I don't focus on the, you know, the, 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 uh, the party side of it. I don't focus on whatever it is that's around that business. I focus on exactly what I want to do is satisfy the client, give the best service and everything else will come with it together. It's a package, you know, it's an, it's an invisible package. So every, every, I think every person in Africa, a kid like, you know, who, wants to do something listen sometimes we don't get the same opportunity but we have an opportunity you know we're happy we're healthy so and create something today you know you have the phone on your hand gives you that world connection you know whatever you have put it on there you never know who's going to watch it people like me might watch it and say well man i want to invest in that oh man you know what i want to go talk to this person so just don't give up on things don't look at don't look at what you're in it what you're into right now look at what can happen when you put something in like you know what when you put your mind into something so oh, i hope this like you know this message inspires them and i hope they you know and i'm always here if they need anything any questions any answers i'm here johnny vegas johannes zodu thank you for being so generous with your time and telling your story it has been an absolute inspiration to listen to and if you're listening out there and you want some advice Hit him up on social media. He's easy to find. What's your, what's your Instagram and Twitter handle? It's very easy, guys. It's Johnny with the J-O-H-N-N-Y and the number one in Vegas, V-E-G-A-S. So Johnny One Vegas, you can find me on social media or Johannes Odu if you can spell it. But I, I don't want to spell this too long. So It's uh, <laughs> a great name, but they can yeah. find you. They can ask you questions about luxury trips. They can yeah. ask you questions about advice. They can ask you about... Maybe starting an office in Nairobi or Cape Town, you know, who knows? You never know, yeah. You, right? um, you never know, yeah. 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 And if you're out there listening to On The Whistle, we thank you for sitting around our bride today to, to joining us. And if you want to ask us any questions, if you want us to, if you want to share your thoughts on where Johnny could be going next, hit us up, OTW yeah. underscore podcast on Twitter and Instagram. And if you've come this far in the podcast, on YouTube or on Spotify or Acast or Google Podcasts, wherever you're listening, Apple Podcasts, leave a rating, leave a review. It's the right thing to do. Johnny, thank you for joining us on the pod. We wish you well, and uh, I can't wait to see you somewhere warm soon. Zane, thank you for having me. It's been an honor. And uh, to your fans, thank you for having me as well. And uh, I wish you guys all the best. Have a good night. Thank you. All the best. Cheers. <laughs>